Volume two, chapter nine of the Seaboard Parish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Seaboard Parish by George MacDonald. Volume two, chapter nine. The Walk to Church i was glad to be able to arrange with a young clergyman who was on a visit to kilcaven that he should take my duty for me the next sunday for that was the only one turner could spend with us he and i and winnie walked together two miles to church it was a lovely morning with just a tint of autumn in the air but even that tint though all else was of the summer brought a shadow i could see on winnie's face you said you would show me a poem of vaughan i think you said was the name of the writer i am too ignorant of our older literature said turner i have only just made acquaintance with him i answered but i think i can repeat the poem you shall judge whether it is not like wordsworth's ode happy those early days when i shined on my angel infancy before i understood the place appointed for my second race or taught my soul to fancy aught but a white celestial thought when yet i had not walked above a mile or two from my first love and looking back at that short space could see a glimpse of his bright face when on some gilded cloud or flower my gazing soul would dwell an hour and in those weaker glories spy some shadows of eternity before i taught my tongue to wound my conscience with a sinful sound but felt through all this fleshly dress bright shoots of everlastingness oh how i long to travel back but here i broke down for i could not remember the rest with even approximate accuracy when did this vaughan live asked turner he was born i find in sixteen twenty one five years that is after shakespeare's death and when milton was about thirteen years old he lived to the age of seventy-three but there seems to have been little known in politics he was on the cavalier side by the way he was a medical man like you turner an m d we'll have a glance at the little book when we go back don't let me forget to show it you a good many of your profession have distinguished themselves in literature and as profound believers too i should have thought the profession had been chiefly remarkable for such as believe only in the evidence of the senses as if having searched into the innermost recesses of the body and not having found a soul they considered themselves justified in declaring there was none just so well that is true of the commonplace amongst them i do believe you will find the exceptions have been men of fine minds and characters not such as he of whom chaucer says his study was but little of the bible for if you look at the rest of the description of the man you will find that he was in alliance with his apothecary for their mutual advantage that he was a money-loving man and that some of chaucer's keenest irony is spent on him in an off-hand quiet manner compare the tone in which he writes of the doctor of physic with the profound reverence wherewith he bows himself before the poor country parson here winnie spoke though with some tremor in her voice i never know papa what people mean by talking about childhood in that way 
I never seem to have been a bit younger and more innocent than I am Don't you remember a time Winnie when the things about you the sky and the earth say seem to you much grander than they seem now You are old enough to have lost something She thought for a little while before she answered My dreams were I know I cannot say of anything else I in my turn had to be silent for I did not see the true answer though I was sure there was one somewhere if I could only find it all I could reply however even after I had meditated a good while was and perhaps after all it was the best thing I could have said then you must make good use of your dreams my child why papa because they are the only memorials of childhood you have left how am I to make a good use of them? I don't know what to do with my silly old dreams But she gave a sigh as she spoke that testified her silly old dreams had a charm for her still If your dreams my child have ever testified to you of a condition of things beyond that which you see around you If they have been to you the hints of a wonder and glory beyond what visits you now You must not call them silly for they are just what the sense of paradise born on the air were to Adam and Eve as they delved and spun Reminding them that they must aspire yet again through labor into that childhood of obedience Which is the only paradise of humanity into that oneness which the will of the father which our race our individual selves Need just as much as if we had personally fallen with Adam and From which we fall every time we are disobedient to the voice of the father within our souls to the conscience which is his making and his witness if you have had no childhood my winnie yet permit your old father to say that everything i see in you indicates more strongly in you than in most people that it is this childhood after which you are blindly longing without which you find that life is hardly to be endured thank god for your dreams my child in him you will find that the essence of those dreams is fulfilled we are saved by hope turner never man hoped too much or repented that he had hoped The plague is that we don't hope in God half enough the very fact that hope is strength and strength the outcome The body of life shows that hope is at one with life and the very essence of what says I am yea of what doubts and says am I and Therefore is reasonable to creatures who cannot even doubt save in that they live by this time for I have of course only given the outlines or rather salient points of our conversation We had reached the church where if I found the sermon neither healing nor inspiring I found the prayers full of hope and consolation They at least are safe beyond human caprice conceit or incapacity Upon them too the man who is distressed at the thought of how little of the needful food he had been able to provide for his people May fall back for comfort in the thought that there at least was what ought to have done them good And what it was well worth their while to go to church for But I did think they were too long for any individual Christian soul to sympathize with from beginning to end That is to respond to like an organ tube to the fingered key in every touch of the utterance of the general Christian soul for my reader must remember that it is one thing to read prayers and another to respond and that I had had very few opportunities of being in the position of the latter duty I had had suspicions before 
and now they were confirmed that the present crowding of services was almost inexpedient and as i pondered on the matter instead of trying to go on praying after i had already uttered my soul which is but a heathenish attempt after much speaking i thought how our lord had given us such a short prayer to pray and i began to wonder when or how the services came to be so heaped the one on the back of the other as they now were no doubt many people defended them no doubt many people could sit them out but how many people could pray from beginning to end of them on this point we had some talk as we went home winnie was opposed to any change of the present use on the ground that we should only have the longer sermons still i said i do not think even that so great an evil a sensitive conscience will not reproach itself so much for not listening to the whole of a sermon as for kneeling in prayer and not praying i think myself however that after the prayers are over every one should be at liberty to go out and leave the sermon unheard if he pleases i think the result would be in the end a good one both for parson and people it would break through the deadness of this custom this use and want many a young mind is turned for life against the influences of church-going one of the most sacred influences when pure that is unmingled with non-essentials just by the feeling that he must do so and so that he must go through a certain round of duty it is a willing service that the lord wants no forced devotions are either acceptable to him or other than injurious to the worshipper if such he can be called after an early dinner i said to turner come out with me and we will read that poem of vaughan's in which i broke down to-day oh papa said connie in a tone of injury from the sofa what is it my dear i asked wouldn't it be as good for us as for mr turner quite my dear well i will keep it for the evening and meantime mr turner and i will go and see if we can find out anything about the change in the church service for I had thrown into my bag as I left the rectory a copy of the clergyman's vade mecum a treatise occupied with the externals of the churchman's relations in which I soon came upon the following passage so then it appears that the common practice of reading all three together is an innovation and if an ancient or infirm clergyman do read them at two or three several times he is more strictly conformable however this is much better than to omit any part of the liturgy or to read all three offices into one as is now commonly done without any pause or distinction on the part of the clergyman you see turner i said when i had finished reading the whole passage to him there is no care taken of the delicate women of the congregation but only of the ancient or infirm clergyman and the logic to say the least is rather queer is it only in virtue of his antiquity and infirmity that he is to be upheld in being more strictly conformable the writer's honesty has its heel trodden upon the fear of giving offence nevertheless there should perhaps be a certain slowness to admit change even back to a more ancient form i do not know that i can quite agree with you there said turner if the form is better no one should hesitate to advocate the change if it is worse then slowness is not sufficient utter obstinacy is the right condition you are right turner for the right must be the rule and where the right is beyond our understanding or our reach then the better as indeed not only right compared with the other but the sole assent towards the right 
in the evening i took henry vaughan's poems into the common sitting-room and to connie's great delight read the whole of the lovely though unequal little poem called the retreat in recalling which i had failed in the morning she was especially delighted with the white celestial thought and the bright shoots of everlastingness then i gave a few lines from another yet more unequal poem worthy in themselves of the best of the other i quote the first strophe entire childhood i cannot reach it and my striving eye dazzles at it as at eternity were now that chronicle alive those white designs which children drive and the thoughts of each harmless hour with their content too in my power quickly would i make my path even and by mere playing go to heaven and yet the practice worldlings call business and weighty action all checking the poor child for his play but gravely cast themselves away an age of mysteries which he must live twice that would god's face see which angels guard and with it play angels which foul men drive away how do i study now and scan thee more than e'er i studied man and only see through a long night thy edges and thy bordering light oh for thy centre and midday for sure that is the narrow way for of such is the kingdom of heaven said my wife softly as i closed the book may i have the book papa said connie holding out her thin white cloud of a hand to take it certainly my child and if winnie would read it with you she will feel more of the truth of what mr percival was saying to her about finish here are the finest grandest thoughts set forth sometimes with such carelessness at least such lack of neatness that instead of their falling on the mind with all the power of loveliness they are like a beautiful face disfigured with patches and what is worse they put the mind out of the right quiet unquestioning open mood which is the only fit one for the reception of such true things as are embodied in the poems but they are too beautiful after all to be more than as little spoiled by such a lack of the finish with which art ends off all her labours a gentleman however thinks it of no little importance to have his nails nice as well as his face and his shirt End of chapter 9